Ladies, we are incredibly privileged tonight uh, to have one Miss Veronica Moorhead as our speaker, who embodies a hilarity. If you've had the privilege of spending any time with her, she uh, cracks me up. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, she loves Jesus. And Jesus is the one that gives her uh, her laughter and her joy. And so we're going to begin our next part of the program. We have a video. Hi, I just wanted to take a moment to introduce myself. My name is Veronica. I've been pretty much different and weird my whole entire life. Um, here's me with an afro and I figured I'd throw in a picture of me and show choir in high school. Here it's me with my family. This is my husband Dan and my daughter Penny. A long time ago, I used to be a professional dancer. Then I retired and went into improv comedy. Now I'm just a mom and a wife. I love those roles. They're actually my favorite. My family and I have a lot of fun. I mean, a ridiculous amount of fun. And I figured I'd show you just a little bit of the fun that we have. Despite being super creative and imaginative, we're pretty normal. We like to have pancakes on Saturday. It's our favorite thing to do, but we really love to have fun. We laugh probably 99% of the time, and we really enjoy each other. I'm really grateful that God blessed me with a family that's just as weird as I am. Oh, I had no idea how low my voice was and how Minnesotan it sounds. <laughs> I did that this morning, and uh, maybe it's, you know, 4.30 in the morning, my voice is a lot lower and more Minnesotan. <laughs> I'm Veronica Moorhead. I'm so glad you guys could make it to the tea. Uh, I am a somewhat crazy and uh, enjoy being somewhat on the insane side. Uh, I have been weird all my life. You could ask my mom, she's here tonight. <laughs> Last night, even, uh, my mom was privy to one of our, we have these random music and dance breaks in our house. And so my daughter will go to the keyboard and she will put on polka music. And uh, I usually like to have the recorder because I have the whole song figured out on, on the recorder. And then Dan will randomly do something. But we pretty much lost our minds. And I, my mom was like, are we still going? <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna keep going for a while. Um, I love life, I love to laugh. I think that laughter needs to be a part of life because why live? I think uh, if you're not laughing, then it doesn't show that you have any, anything in your life. I think in my worst moments in my life, that I, one of the things that I realized was laughter is so greatly important and it's a definite blessing from the Lord that it is necessary to be able to look at the realistic horrors in your life, but be able to see the joy and God moving within them. 
to see the miracles, to not focus on the storm, but to get into the eye of the storm, knowing that maybe the storm's going to go on for a while, but I'm just going to keep my eyes on God. And I'm going to pass through it, and he's going to bless me with joy, and he's going to give me peace as I go through it. And so those are one of, that's one of the things that I've learned in my life. So I'm realizing right now that choosing the name hilarity has a lot of weight to it. Like I should be making you laugh consistently for the next 30 minutes. And that's scaring me to death. So I'm just going to <laughs> just call it out. I should have. I wanted obesity. They said no. Two years in a row since I've been on the women's board, I have asked for, I'm like, obesity, <laughs> obesity. And I really didn't have any weight on it until I was sitting in the parking lot, wait, that was awesome. <laughs> until I was in the parking lot with um, Jamie Bielik and Star Cinderson, and we were talking about it with my husband, and I'm like, yes, I wanted obesity, obesity. You could get, and randomly, I'm like, you could get fat on life. And my husband goes, oh yeah, you could be faithful, available, and teachable. Where were you in the meetings? <laughs> I could have had exactly what I wanted. There was a concern that people would be offended. I'm like, I am obese, it should be fine. If I say, <laughs> if I say that's the tea, it should be that. So my husband and I were walking up the steps after we left them, we were like, yeah, fat on life, fat on life. And one of the things I love about this church is that everybody who works here loves the Lord and is anointed. And so I'm walking up the steps and Jose, who's in maintenance, is going by. He goes, yeah, I'm fat on life too. Faithful, available, and teachable. I'm like, how did, where, <laughs> what book did I not read that I totally missed? This and everybody knows. So we go, you know, I go up the steps and I, we, my husband and I start coming down the steps and he goes, he stops us and he goes, hey, I'm fat on life, but I'm actually a fat so. And I go, you are? You can wait. I'm like, well, what is it? And he goes, I'm faithful, available, teachable, submissive, and obedient. That's a T. That's a T. Come on now. I'm like, where? I could have used this like, like six months ago. Come on now. I know, exactly. I wanted my table to be obesity, but I made it nice and pretty, but there were lots of bars and cake and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, they don't know, but that's the obesity table. Um, but I, you know, everything, I, I <laughs> oh, what in the world am I doing right now? It's, you ever have those moments where you're like, you kind of go back to the moment where someone asks you to do something and you're wondering why you said yes? <laughs> like, it better is Jesus because, oh my word. So, all the fun aside, as I was praying for this tea, I really believe that the Lord has a word for all of you. And it's for everyone, but I think there's specific people here tonight that have, this word is for you. And you're looking for a breakthrough. You're hungry for a breakthrough. You feel like you've been in the same place for a very long time. Stagnant, stuck, walled up, whatever it is, you're looking for a breakthrough. I understand that. I understand the need for a breakthrough. God's got a breakthrough for you. He's got a breakthrough for you. 
So the verse for tonight's evening is that is uh, Nehemiah, and it says, uh, Nehemiah said, go, enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. <laughs> when I read the Bible, the things that I see in my head, but anyway, enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's an awesome, amazing verse. Just a great verse. It's like, you just gave me permission to go enjoy choice foods and sweet drinks. Let's go to Outback. <laughs> I'm ready. And then when we're done, we'll go to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> there was, was that a woo or a boo? It was kind of, <laughs> okay, all right. I just want to make sure, like, woo, boo. Boo, Cheesecake Factory. Um, but it's a beautiful verse in itself. It sounds just awesome. It's like, thank you for the permission. Let's do it. But there's a weight to this verse. There's a lot of weight to this verse because in the context where it is, what happens prior to the verse is kind of sad. It's actually heartbreaking. As people come together and see a miracle happen, a huge miracle. I think some of us have seen that where you've had this huge miracle and then all of a sudden you're confronted face to face with the person that you are. That regardless of what you do in life, that God loves you so much that he'll present you with a miracle. But the greatest thing about it is he'll reveal the things within you that you need to remove. And so the, these people, these people, they're in this place of brokenness. What happens is this, and I'll read it to you. We'll read it kind of quickly. All the people came together in a square before the water gate, and they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak until noon. Wow, that's a long service. I'll tell you what. That's a long, that's all. Come on, it is. I know, that's a long service. Come on now. See, now I lost my place because I really wanted you to understand that. Anyway, so he read it aloud from daybreak to noon, and he faced the, the, the square before the water gate in the presence of men and women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of law. Ezra the teacher stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood a whole bunch of people that have some really hard names to pronounce. Now, I will go through them, but I'll spare us for time. <laughs> Ezra opened the book, and all the people could see him because he was standing above them, and he opened it, and the people stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, amen. This is like a, like a service here on Sunday morning. Then they bowed down, and they worshiped the Lord in their face, with their faces to the ground. All right, going a little bit further. This is where it starts to break. Because as they're praising God, they start to see all the things that they had been doing wrong. Because they really hadn't heard the book of law before. They hadn't heard the things that they shouldn't be doing or the things that they should be doing. And I know that there are times for me on a Sunday morning service where Pastor Gary will stand here and he'll say something and it's like, what have I been doing? I totally miss that. And there's a broken heart heartedness that happens. And so these people, 
They're bowing down and they're worshiping the Lord. They read from the book of law and making it clear. So they were teaching it and they were really breaking it down for them, giving meaning so that the people could understand what was read. That Nehemiah, the government governor, Ezra, the priest and the teacher of law and the Levites who were instructing the people all said to them, this is the day. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for the people had been weeping as they had been listening to the words of the law. You know, in life, we come across hard circumstances, really difficult circumstances. And it's funny how when we come across these circumstances, it feels crushing. It feels like we're unable to move any further. And sometimes it's not just circumstances, but it's the reflection on our reactions and our behaviors within those circumstances that cause us to feel crushed and destroyed. And I understand that. Because in my life, I, again, are my family, we have a great time. We are awesome. I love my family. 99% of the time we do laugh, I tell you what. But the first part of my marriage in leaving and cleaving to this family was not great. My husband is a recovering alcoholic, and I have my own litany of issues from bulimia to my own drinking to smoking weed to whatever. <laughs> That's the long list. But we were a mess. We were a horrible mess that took God, it took a miracle for us to completely change. I, it's weird to me to think back to the way that things were, but something definitively happened for myself and for my husband that we made the decision to change, and it wasn't at the same time. My decision came before my husband's did, where I knew my whole life I loved, I loved church, loved it. I played church. I would come home from church, I'd get out the, we'd have, we had an old Yamaha keyboard, and I would put on the organ, I'd be like, doodly, doodly, doodly. <laughs> play the keyboard, and I would play, like, I would, would sing a hymn, and then I would go into the kitchen, and I would cut, I would take a piece of Wonder Bread and cut it up to small squares, and then we had cran grape juice, so I'd pour it up in, like, a bunch of different cups, and I, I would sit there, and I'd go, the Lord be with you, and I'd take it, and drink it, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> and I would drink it, and I would serve myself communion. For I loved church. I wrote the Lord's Prayer out on a piece of paper. My mom found it, and it was crazy. I can't even, my brain is fried right now. But it was, um, how does it start? I can't even remember how the Lord's Prayer starts right now. Sorry. Uh, yeah, A-R-E, our Father. A-R-E, Father, who aren't in heaven. <laughs> you know? Harold be thy name. But I love I loved it. I love vacation. I'm so excited we have vacation Bible school. I loved vacation Bible school. I remember very clearly, I these I remember very random things, but we got a box at Vacation Bible School. It was blue. And you, we opened it up and it had like a bunch of like things to do. But the coolest thing in the two cool things, there were stick puppets. It was Jesus and John and Peter. He had these three stick puppets, and then it came with this plastic record. Yeah, record. 
a plastic record, and I would put it on the turntable, and it, I would play this one song over and over again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for everything that I can see. And I would have my little popsicle puppets for the bright colors in the autumn trees. Happy birds, smiling free. All the friendly people when they smile at me. Thank you, thank you, my Lord. Loved it. Loved it. And my parents were very active in the church, so we were there a lot. And I loved, I just loved it. It's like my daughter now, it cracks me up. The time she'll wake up in the morning, she's like, Mommy, are we going to church today? I'm like, no, today is Saturday. We have the, I want to go to church. I want to see Miss Tony. It's like, loves church. Love, doesn't act like it when we get here, but loves church. <laughs> But when we were getting ready for Sweet Life, we would have rehearsals in here after we'd have service. And then when service was over, we would come in and rehearse as a band. And it, we did this for a really long time. And so finally, Sweet Life happens. And I'm like, oh, no rehearsal on Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you to Michelle. And so, so it's, we're like hanging around. And Penny, Penny goes, aren't we going to church? I'm like, Oh, no, no, no. Are we going to the, she calls it the rescue center. Are we going to the rescue center? <laughs> she watches a lot, Diego. Are, are we going to the rescue center? I said, no, we're not going to the rescue center. <laughs> I want to go to the rescue center. I want to go to the rescue center. What do you do when your kid has a tantrum over wanting to go to church? <laughs> like, you need time out, sit, step. I don't know. Just cry. Just <laughs> feel your feelings. Feelings are not good or bad, they're just feelings. <laughs> Things that I tell my kid, she's gonna quote them, it's hilarious. But, uh, but I enjoyed and I loved church, but I didn't know why. I didn't really understand why. I just liked being there. I think that could be some of us here tonight. I just, you, know, you like being here. I know when I started coming here, I just, anything, what, is there something going on at the church so I can hang out? Because I loved being in this building. I didn't realize that it was because of the move of the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize that it was because that we have a pastoral staff that prays like crazy for us. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that. I just knew I liked to be here. And so something happened because I really like to party I like to stay out late at night. I, I, I say I liked that. Now I look back, I'm like, that was no fun at all. At all. But something changed in me and said, I can't do this anymore. I am miserable. I am masking what I think to be joy and happiness with alcohol and hanging out and... Uh. I, I needed a change, and I sat in the back of that room, and Pastor Gary asked if people wanted to hand over the steering of the wheel of their life, and I did, like, for two months. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it's like, I'm surprised he didn't go, okay, you in the back, I've seen you for two months, you're good. <laughs> but, uh, like, you're all right, you've handed it over. But I really did, I just had this desire and this craving to be closer and to be closer to God. And, but I still had this husband who was drinking and who was a mess. And I just did what Pastor Gary said to do every Sunday, I prayed. 
and I prayed and I prayed, God, I love him, but I don't want to see him die. My husband's 6'1". There's a point where he's 150 pounds. It was scary. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to watch this man die. The Lord met him in the way I, I really thought there was 100 bottoms. I'm like, this has got to be bought, please. This is bottom. I think some, some people may understand that, like, this, okay, this has got to be bottom for my kid now. Please, this is, oh, no, it's not. There's another one. Oh, yeah, oh, boy. We just went lower. Okay, I can't take it anymore. Uncle, uncle. But the, he met the Lord in an amazing way, and now he is a licensed minister. It's totally awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. But in this time, even in the worst points of our lives, we laughed a lot. We, he remembers. He's like, I think we had a lot of fun. I'm like, well, because you don't really remember a lot of stuff because you were, you know. But <laughs> it was fun, and then there was the stuff that, yeah. But we, we laughed, and that was something I wanted in someone I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I wanted to laugh because I came from a family that laughed a lot. My brother is like a super genius. He is a packing engineer with IBM. Yeah. And so <laughs> he's like super smart. So when you get your computer and all that stuff, that we were like, oh, I got to make this package. And that's what my brother designs. So like the packaging, thank you, Okay. Your computer came together, it's not broken, be happy for the packaging. That's what my brother does, I want him to keep his job, thank you very much. So write a letter to IBM and say, thank you so much for the packaging. And Bill Green, write it to Bill Green, so he can get a promotion, but anyway. So he's super, super funny, just a funny guy. He could repeat, like remember, we would listen to Bill Cosby records and he would remember the routines and then just act them out. I mean, he was just, he was the funny one to me. I was like the black sheep, kind of quiet, but then really crazy at the same time. Uh, she wants to be an artist, uh-oh, you know, that kid. Um, but he was like the brilliant one, amazing, very super smart, all that stuff. So we had fun. We had a lot of, we would make home movies together in the summer. We had a great time. We knew how to have fun. And that's what I wanted. So when I got this guy who cracked me up, thought it was, oh, we had so much fun, but then had this horrible addiction he could not release from. It was, it was what, what, do you, what in the world did I do, God? What did I do? This guy is a good guy. Why is he like this? Why did I get this? Jesus, hello. I think we go there sometimes, right? So in this amazing story of change in our lives, one of the things we realized and learned is to put God first in everything. We have a deposit of something amazing that we can have. All we have to do is take it. God wants us to experience joy despite our circumstances. Joy does not require for perfect circumstances, perfect weather, perfect home with perfect no payment on the house and perfect no bills. It doesn't work that way. When you know you've got joy, 
you experience it in the worst of circumstances. And it's all about perspective. I see it as the word talks about it. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and, prayer, and faithful in prayer. That's Romans 12, 12. And then James says, to consider it pure joy, my brothers. Pure joy. Whenever you face many trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because it has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Joy is a commodity that is attainable for everyone. But you know what our problem is, ladies? We're so focused on the bad stuff in our life that we can't even see the miracles in the middle of it. You know, the worst case scenarios, I was, you can think about the bad things that are happening in your life, and you're like, oh, why this, God? Why this? But you know what? I bet you, as you're going through it, there's a whole bunch of stuff that God has held you from and protected you from and uplifted you in that you are not focusing on. There are miracles in these circumstances. And you know what it requires? It, re it requires you to look at it a little bit differently. It requires you to get an attitude of gratitude. Come on, my CR folks. That's right. I'll tell you one thing that Celebrate Recovery taught me. It was one of the first tools that I learned. Get a gratitude list. That when I'm in the worst moments of my life that I need to sit down and I need to write five things I'm grateful for. Five. And then every week that I come in, they're like, okay, you need to write five more. I was like, well, I'm grateful for my hair. I'm grateful for my toe. You know, you kind of get into that place. I'm grateful that I have pants. I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful there's air. I'm grateful I don't live under the sea. But when you have to do five every, like every week for a year, you got to get grateful. And when stuff really starts to happen and your friends, your accountability partners and your sponsor around you say, get in your gratitude list, that's, ooh, you got to get really grateful. Gratitude will combat a lot of the things that we get so tied up in and the things that just don't matter. We got to get grateful. I think another thing we need to do is we need to go back to that place when we were children. You remember when you were a child and everything was possible? Like right now, I could leap off these steps and I could fly. <laughs> and you would try and it would fail. But, you know, everything was possible. Anything was possible. You know, like, I think I could, I'm going to swim across the ocean. Or the idea of I'm going to be the president of the United States. We need to get back to that place where, the, where everything was possible. It's sad. It's the moment, and I think everybody's kind of seen this moment in people, especially with young people, the moment where it's somebody said no to them. No, you can't do that. And not, I'm not talking about the bad stuff like, no, you shouldn't smoke. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff that, like, you know, the dreams that we had when we were kids. We lost it. Along the way, slowly, we lose it. I love having a three-year-old because it reminds me to dream because everything is possible to her. Everything is possible. 
And we really need to get back to that place where we go and say, you know what? Everything was, is possible. God says everything is possible through him. Everything. That's the type of faith that we need to have. And so when we have that kind of faith, I think it opens us up to be able to receive the type of joy that God wants to place inside of us in our worst of storms. Um, I think it's very fitting today that I got my Mother's Day present. It took a little while, but Nanette Burton is, Nanette Burton, Nanette Bratton is amazing. Has, has anybody ever seen her jewelry? This is a part of her jewelry. This was um, a Mother's Day gift that I had asked for. And on it, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know well, full well. I know it full well because I got to see God's work. On the back side of my necklace are the footprints of my daughter that I lost. I was 20 weeks pregnant. I lost her at 18. And I got to hold her and love on her and kiss her and be close to her. And the hospital we were in was so amazing that they took pictures and they also did footprints. I wanted to be reminded. It's not a reminder of a bad thing because this was an amazing miracle. How many people can say that they got to hold an 18-week-old baby? It's actually a miracle. And more so, some of the things that happened afterwards, when I, the, the realizations and the things that I learned about God and who I am, that I wanted to memorialize this. The reason why I wanted to not forget is because God was so good to my husband and I. We experienced a type of joy and peace that I thought was not possible. It reminds me that God is the God of possible. There is nothing too hard for God. When we took a week off and we, we knew we needed to grieve, and that's this is one of the key points to really experiencing joy, is to allow yourself to feel your feelings because we kind of get into this place where we we need to feel like we got to keep it together and sometimes well a lot of times I feel like I got to keep it together but I have a really good group of friends that I can be a hot mess with and I think everybody needs that hot mess group you know your booger snot crying you like can't breathe and you're like you need to have that kind you need to have people around you that you can you can feel that way with but in this period my husband and I grieved we grieved together and and we had it was a, an amazing week because we would we would go different places that we normally don't go like we went to we had never been to Lake Las Vegas we're like let's go to Lake Las Vegas so we went to Lake Las Vegas and it was nice to be together because one of us would randomly cry and then the other one would console and then the next one would cry we were kind of like on the seesaw the the grieve seesaw which was awesome because we could support each other and sometimes we cry together and sometimes we were like I don't even know why I'm laughing it was an amazing period it's a week that I will cherish for the rest of my life because it was the way that grief should be experienced. It shouldn't be held together with a mask that I'm okay. I've experienced the worst thing in my life, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> that mask cracks pretty quick. 
One of the things that I learned afterwards, because in this time, this is not the only child that I lost. I've had three miscarriages. My third miscarriage that I had in September, I was in this place of like, hey, I remember this. I'm good. I'm good, guys. Everything about me is good. There's no problems here. Everything's good. I know I just had a miscarriage, but I'm good. The Lord is good. You know, totally masking up. Then there's a point where I felt like there was a wall between me and God. This really thick wall. And I felt isolated. I was like, what, what am I doing wrong, God? I'm praying every day. I'm reading my Bible. I'm good. Well, why the distance? And then one morning, I got up. I went down to pray. My second, we have two stories. So I went downstairs to pray. And I had a full-blown temper tantrum. Kicking and screaming, like, like my three-year-old, on the floor, kicking and screaming, crying, saying, why God? Why would you do this to me? This is the third time. Do I trust you for a fourth and just let it out? I got angry. I got frustrated. I got sad. I wept and I prayed, God, why would you leave me like this? And then all of a sudden it was like, boop. I could feel something pop. And then I just felt God's presence. What built the wall between me was my unwillingness to, help, to feel my emotions. Because I was stuffing and stuffing and stuffing, there was no room for God to come into my heart. Because I had it under control. Let me tell you something about control, ladies. I learned this a little earlier. Let me tell you something about control. This is crazy when you wrap, it's crazy when you wrap your mind, thank you, Linda, no, she knows. When you wrap your mind around this, it is crazy. I was listening to a speaker and she said, Control is the spirit of witchcraft. I almost peed my pants. I'll just be honest. I'm like, <laughs> because I, I'm, I control, that's what I do. I'm, I control everything in my house. If it's not perfect, everyone must die. No, but, <laughs> but I, I got, I have control issues. I want things to be my way, and when I don't, I have a fit. I have control issues. The moment she said control is the spirit of witchcraft, I was like, oh, snap. Because I started to remember all the stuff the Bible says about witchcraft. That was the first thing. I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to be, like, stoned. <laughs> They're going to take me out to, like, North Las Vegas and stone her. Yeah, um, I mean, I, started, I got a little freaked out, but I also realized how much it is like witchcraft. It is me trying to make you do what I want you to do. You do what I do when I say it, when I need it, right now. Thank you. That's a scary thing. These are all the things, as I am in random town USA, these are all the things that block us from this great experience of joy. Our inability to be open. We gotta get back, like I was saying before, to this place of childlike faith. Jesus loved children. 
he used children a lot as models for um, his parable, or, well, not parables, but, okay, so I'm getting all flustered. But anyway, Jesus liked children. Boom, let's end there. (laughs) TikTok. Jesus loved children, and he used them as examples. Thank you, God. (laughs) He used them as examples. He's like, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven until you are like a child, right? There are things about this need for us to get back to this childlike place that, are, that is important. Our brains think, because the world has duped us to think, that maturity is squashing the things that look childlike. Maturity is not dreaming. Maturity is going from one thing to another, getting very super busy and getting things done. That that is how you experience maturity. I think true maturity is remembering what it was like to learn something for the first time. So that when you're dealing with someone who's learning something for the first time, that you can express and help them understand what you learned. I think it's a humility that is necessary God opposes the proud, but, but he gives grace to the humble. We got to get to that place of humility and to say that, you know what? Things aren't okay, and that is okay. <laughs> that I'm not good, but I'm relying on God. That we start getting real with each other and start saying the things that are really inside our hearts, the fears that are there, and speak them out. So that God can come in and can tell you that perfect love drives out fear. That there's no fear in God. He wants all of you to know glee. Not the show. But (laughs) to know and understand what glee is like. I mean, how, how many of us have kind of forgotten how to laugh completely? We get so wrapped up in, well, she's doing this and he's doing that. And politics these days. That we forget to experience all the great things that God has for us, right? We start to forget that this life is meant to be enjoyed. So how do we get back there? Well, we get rid of all the malice that we have. We let go of the gossip and we start talking nice things about each other. How about that? (laughs) We start understanding that stinky situations are an opportunity for God's blessings and miracles and that we may not be able to see it but we surround ourselves with other women who can, who can remind us that, hey, that's a victory, and you really should be doing a victory dance. My friends, I tell them all the time, did you do a victory dance over that? Because that's a victory. I think we need to go home tonight, put on some tunes, and dance it up. I think we need to stop caring about what everybody thinks when we're silly, and enjoy the silly. That's one thing I learned through being weird. 
I just didn't care. I was weird. In middle school, we went to, there was a time where there was Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz Pizza. And Showbiz Pizza was in competition with Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese ultimately bought Showbiz Pizza. They had a big gorilla. That's not important. I went there, I had a bunch of tickets, and I won some finger puppets, like the little, the, the little furry finger puppets. They were like, you put them on your hand. And I, it was in middle school, so I'm old enough to know better. And so I put these puppets on, and I had four. I had Harrietta, and Henrietta, and Harry, and Henry. And I would sit at the lunch table and talk to these puppets. Like, what do you think? I don't know, Harrietta. Should we go out to dinner tonight? I think we should go out to dinner. That sounds like a good idea. And my fr the people who were my friends, like my real friends, just sat there and just watched. Didn't judge at all. No judgment, I don't think. But I was too busy. I was wrapped up totally in, oh, I think I might go swimming today. Oh, your fur working well, was that a good idea? Oh, I th well, I could use a hairdryer when I'm done. But then there was the peripheral, you know, because you know how the lunchroom is. <laughs> it's not just you. Uh, of kids who were like, oh, what's wrong with you? You're such a dork. You know what? I didn't care. Weird kids do not care. Give it up for the weirdos. <laughs> we don't care. We just, we... We are enjoying it. We, there's, I call it, I go to, before Happy Gilmore's on this, I go to a happy place. I go to this place where it's like so enjoyable that I just am so wrapped up in what's happening that I'm cracking up at myself, but it's not really myself. I might have a split personality. Okay, I'm good. Merle said I'm good. <laughs> um, but we need to get back to that. Let's just act stupid to be stupid. Let, you know, do a jig, do the truffle shuffle, because we want to do the truffle shuffle. That's what, I love that in my daughter. I want no one to tell her no in that. I want her to enjoy life that way, to embrace it and, and grab it and consume life like that. It is so much better. Ladies, we need to consume life that way. No more. You want to go to the store and dance? Do it. It's not hurting anybody else. I would go to the soap aisle and be like, zest fully clean. If you're fully clean, unless you're zest, uh, uh. Zest fully clean. Don't care. Do not care. And it's not to put on a show for anyone. It's just me in my happy place. Became a musical. I will get, let's, I remember this. My mom is such the bomb. When I was, I think I was 15. I was 15, we were traveling to Chicago for a dance conference. And randomly, I decided that we were in a musical. So we were like on the, I'm like, we are going on a plane. And here's my mom, yes we are, yes we are. <laughs> like, we didn't care. You need to not care. That stuff, who cares? Be you. God created you. He said it was good. He put those things inside of you. I refute the people that said no to you, that said you're being silly and stop it. I say no to them, kick them to the curb. <laughs> we need to get silly again and giggle. When's the last time you giggled?
You gotta giggle, ladies. Sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> but I say that knowing that you're having a great time, so what does it matter? We need to stop caring about that. We need to start caring about the right things. Having a good time. Godly way. Enjoying the joy that he deposits inside of us. Sometimes we need to just, we need to start telling each other what, how we really feel. The love that we have for each other. I love you. I try to tell, I know, you, I know some of you think I'm psycho. Because I see the looks that you give me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It, I, I understand. But I try to tell you how beautiful you are all the time. Because when I see it, I need to acknowledge it. Because I know that there are times where I feel like a crazy, sweaty, gross person. And the moment someone says, You're, you know, you look so beautiful today. Because I know it's not this. It's something in here that they see. So I'm like, praise Jesus, because I look like a mess. But I, I love that. I love it when we tell each other, oh, you are so beautiful. I know that we need to get to this place again. So I prayed. I'm like, God, who am I? What, can, what do you want me to do? And God has laid out a vision in my life. And I don't necessarily talk about it because it kind of scares me. It's a little overwhelming. But I'll share a piece of it with you. God really has laid it on my heart to help you with a breakthrough. I don't think we can have a breakthrough until we break out. Does that make sense? It's time for us to break out. So next Monday, I challenge you. This is, I'm sorry for our young people. This is for people who are 18 and up. Sorry. I deal with the young people on another level. No, don't, don't look at me like that. Sorry. <laughs> but... I think it's time for us to break out. So next Monday at 6.30 p.m., we're going to have what I'm going to call the breakout session. It's going to be at 6.30. It's going to be in room 217. You need to wear clothes that you can move in. Now, I know that seems very, <laughs> like all of a sudden you're going to walk in and there's a sweat lodge. It's not, none of that. Like, <laughs> what is she getting us into? But it's time for us to start playing again. Because I think sometimes we need to play. We need to have fun and be silly and in an environment where we know nobody's judging us because everybody looks ridiculous. So we're going to have sign-up sheet out there, and I want, you to I want you to pray on this. I want you to come. If you feel like you're an introvert, I want you to come. If you feel like an extrovert, I want you to come. If you're going through a really rough point in your life, I want you to come because I think we all need to get silly and giggle. I feel like I gotta end this somehow, but <laughs> we could be here all night. I just, kinda, I just kinda tell you what's on my heart. I want you to know this. I love all of you. GV Women loves all of you. We pray for you. For those of you who are here for the first time, we have been praying for you. For those of you who've been here for the hundredth time, we have been praying for you. We believe as a women's ministry that you are able to have a breakthrough. We believe that you can experience a joy 
that surpasses all understanding. I know I just combined two verses there, don't judge me. And peace too. We believe in you ladies. Your hearts are so giving. Your hearts are so loving. And all we wanna do is be here to serve you, to help you understand your gifts and grow closer to God. So we have these beautiful teas and we have these great events so that you can know how much God loves you. It's really not us doing anything. It's really God moving in an amazing way. So come back. Come back next Monday. If you're hurting, if you, if you came here, here's, okay. If you came here and in the car you were crying, because I know you're out there and trying to clear up your mascara and pull yourself up enough that you can come in the room and look somewhat decent, you need to come next week. Because God has got a breakthrough for you and I don't want you to miss it. I love you all. Thank you for letting me take you to Rambletown, USA. Population 251. I'm really sorry if you didn't laugh. I'm not gonna promise you your money back. I would get in trouble for that. But I am gonna say this. I wanna end with, I just wanna pray. I wanna pray over you. And I wanna end with this. God loves you. And if no one has told you that they love you today, I love you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, oh God, you are so awesome. Thank you, God, for all that you do. Lord, we just pray in this moment for those who are hurting and who have broken hearts. God, that you would heal their hearts, that they would allow you to penetrate their hearts so that they can understand a peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy that is amazing. God, I pray that we leave tonight giggling. I pray that we can understand glee, the supernatural gift that you would give us. And, and Lord, I pray. I pray that for any person who feels that they are alone in their situation, that they are isolated, that they would turn to someone tonight, that they would come to me and say, I am broken and a mess and I feel alone so that they would know they're not alone anymore. So God, we love you, we thank you. Thank you for everybody who made a table. It's so stinking beautiful up here. And Lord, we just pray that you watch over us as we go through this week, that the moments that we start to focus on the impossibles, that we start focusing on you, the God of the possible. We love you, Lord, and praise your name. Amen.